0: Just a word up the top, if if you would like to see the Chosen Brew Beer podcast's first live episode to celebrate the third birthday of the podcast, it's going to be taking place at Burnley Brewing in Bridge Road in Melbourne, and the guest is James Smith, no less, from The Crafty Pint, previously called the godfather of Australian craft beer by Dave from Ale of a Time. On a very early episode of The Chosen Brew, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be great. And you get to try all the beers as we're talking through them in the live interactive event. I believe at the time of recording, though, there is a handful of tickets left. If you haven't made your mind up yet, you do need to do that really quickly. I'll leave a link in the show notes to the Eventbrite so that you can book your tickets but it's it look it's great value but tickets are strictly strictly limited it is first in best dressed and i know that minimal seats left and i'll leave you to listen to this very special edition of the chosen brew beer podcast uh cue the theme music and you'll realize that it's not the chosen brew beer podcast let's get into it Welcome to the Chosen Brew Beer podcast. My name's Ian McNally and this is the podcast where guests talk the way through the six beers that, that changed everything. I'm slightly behind on the episode for this month because there's been a lot going on in McNally and Chosen Brew headquarters uh in the last few weeks which I won't go into uh because it's boring. The episode for this month will be about one week late. Apologies for that, but I didn't want to leave you without any content. So here is a full episode of my other podcast, The Wheel of Sport. Now, this seems like shameless cross-promotion, and if you think that's what it is, you're right. But this podcast I make with my friend Matt Lavery is fantastic, and this episode particularly is an Australian legend he is somebody who is written into australian folklore forget about sport this is cliff young i've been aware of cliff young for quite a few years but i didn't know the backstory i didn't know the detail in this it's less than half an hour long it's well worth a listen even if it's to annoy one of your friends who's just run a marathon or a half marathon and is boasting about it in work you can say yeah but you're no know cliff young and then you'll have some facts to back up your story look i hope you listen to this episode if you want to switch off and listen to the chosen brew beer stuff in a in a week or so that's fine too it's all free but i'd like you more if you listen i'll speak to you soon Welcome to the Wheel of Sports, this is the podcast home to the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with, with me is...
1: Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery! <laughs> yeah! Just for you, two in yes. a row.
0: <laughs> I love the Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery. Um, can you change your name by a poll, maybe? Yeah, Just maybe, to yeah. add two. It, I mean, it'd be very confusing, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think um, so. So Matt, I can't believe that we're sat in this studio in our running gear. This is ridiculous. Oh no. Oh uh,
1: how how have we got to this stage? We're no longer just talking and telling people about the greatest sports stories of all time. We we're, we are them. We're living them. <laughs> is
0: that right? I don't know where this is going to be a sport and memory worth keeping hold of, but we're going for a run straight after this. And uh, let's get the wheel spinning. But I can't believe that you've wrote me into this. I'm feeling a bit sore after play futsal yesterday you're intimidatingly wearing your london marathon jumper as well which is a uh, very kind
1: of you so the topic for this episode is against all odds against all odds i'm having it i'm gonna tell this one <laughs> go on and in the spirit of us going for a 5k after this i'm gonna tell you a story about a runner named cliff young do you know cliff young cliff the name
0: really rings a bell please tell me about Cliff because he's written into Australian running folklore. He he? is
1: an Australian icon. He's an Australian hero. He is a man who won a race back in 1983. Not that impressive. It is. Well, yeah, I suppose it is. (laughs) It's impressive. But he won the race. But that's not enough to get on the wheel of sport. These are the greatest sports stories ever told. All right. Well, how about this? He won it when he was 61. What? Pre- yeah, pretty good. Are, are you sure? No, hold on. you've, you've <laughs> I'm not He finished. must have been 16, mustn't he? 61. Those digits are right. He was wearing gumboots or Wellington boots. He was wearing a pair of wellies. Mate, hey, that's not even the impressive part. The impressive part? Bear in mind where we're about to do 5K. Cliff Young, the race he won was 875 kilometres. That's 544 miles for those listeners out there who prefer an Imperial unit. 875k, 544 miles. The race starts in Sydney and goes all the way to Melbourne. Cliff Young's an Imperial Unit. What like,
0: is it is he mentally ill or is it you? What's <laughs> happened here? What has happened? You could read all those things out again, and it still doesn't make sense. He he's 61 years old. And he
1: ran from Sydney to Melbourne in, in gum gum boots. boots. Mate, this is it. And, I, I, and he won. And he won. But let <laughs> me tell you why. So as I said, the race starts in Sydney, goes all the way to Melbourne. But the detail I love here, this isn't a race from like the Sydney Opera House to the MCG. You know, they, this isn't bridge to bridge or, you know, city centre to city centre. It's the Westfield running race. So the race starts and, go, and finishes... It, between Australia's two biggest Westfield shopping centres, Westfield Parramatta in Sydney, all the way to Westfield Doncaster in Melbourne. Oh, my goodness. How good it's is it? that? <laughs> How good is that? So, I mean, you know, sometimes
0: like you do a little run like we're doing tonight. And you, sometimes when you're running, because you've got a bit of space in your mind away from your workday, that little thing, jobs, yeah, oh, forgot, potatoes. And you're like, it doesn't matter. I'll be in Doncaster West. Westfield. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, I can
1: pick that up when I'm there. Whatever I need, yeah, I'll just yeah. pick it up when I start or or when I finish. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So look, Cliff turns up for the race, sixty one years old, and he's there to compete and he's wearing his gumbo. I really was hoping that you'd say he you turned up for the race
0: forty nine years
1: old, and by <laughs> the time he finished was sixty one. <laughs> not cliff not cliff not cliff with his shuffle he turns up in his gumboots and he's got overalls on as well that's the other thing there's no lycra for cliff he's got full-length pants on uh, on his overalls to cover his varicose veins which he describes as hanging off his legs like grapes <laughs> <laughs> he also just pick just to picture the man he's got no teeth and he's got no dentures in either because he he explained afterwards, he said when he used to run, the dentures would rattle around in his mouth, and it used to distract him. <laughs> so he's just got his gummy gummy mouth, no teeth, <laughs> no gummy posted, boots, gummy <laughs> boots. <laughs> he's all gum, and it, and and. But this isn't like a joke event, you know. He's there, and and people. Are treating him as a bit of a joke, but he's lining up alongside ten professional marathon runners, including Siggy Bauer, who's just set the world record for a thousand mile run in South Africa. A thousand miles—that's six, one thousand six hundred and nine kilometers. So, like, it's a strong field. This, you know, you've got a world record ultra marathon runner as well as ten professional marathon runners.
0: Where do you find these races? Like, that's not a, a distance.
1: Are you know, you've got to go to the Westfield Shopping Centre <laughs> back in nineteen eighty-three, <1983, laughs> mate. So as I say, people are treating him as a bit of a joke because he's got these ridiculous Wellington gum boots on. In the pre-mate there's a there's a press conference before the before the race and he gets asked about his gum boots and he says gumboots, bah these running shoes are great. They're so good it takes me two hundred meters to slow down and stop. And then <laughs> he's just coming up with all these golden catchphrases. He as I say, the way he looks, the way he talks um, he's from the country. He's just a real character, and the, and the media love him, and the sponsors love him because it's obviously creating and generating more interest and more intrigue in the race. You know, because you've got this this character. He's been tra- he's been treated as a bit of an idiot, a bit of a curios, a bit of a weirdo, a bit bit of a bit of an idiot, really. Because he, he, as if you can turn up dressed as you are and then win this race, which is eight hundred and seventy five ks from city to
0: city well and let's be frank about it like long distance runners don't have a reputation of being like mr personality do they <laughs> you know, yeah. like the repetitive notion like the endurance the, the boredom it doesn't always
1: attract the most charismatic people so he is uh, sounding amazing well yeah exactly but people are thinking oh is he just there for a bit of a stunt nobody's complaining, in mind and, and everyone likes him and uh, are interested in him, but nobody's treating him seriously. And, and when the race begins, uh, that opinion is just reinforced, really. He's got this slow, lolloping pace. It looks like he's sort of shuffling along. And he's he's left behind. He, you know, he's providing entertainment to everybody, but he's he's trailing by this huge margin. And, and, and most spectators and, and people involved in the race, I think, well, well, that's that. We've had a bit of a laugh at this this guy, but, you know, that that's sort of the end of it. What you need to know about when you are doing an ultra marathon, Ian, is you know eight hundred and seventy. I am not Matt. Well, there is no danger. <laughs> Whatever right. was, let's, if let's were, imagine. If you were, you are not going to do eight hundred and seventy-five k's in a day. Obviously, um, it's going to take days and days and days and days. the The previous record for this race was just over seven days. So the sort of assumed wisdom is you run for eighteen hours and then sleep for six hours. That's how you get through the day. 18 hours of running, six hours of sleep. Repeat. Wow. Okay? That's horrific. Yeah, it's tough, right? That's tough. I think what makes it worse is that
0: Cliff, being over the age of 60, he couldn't get a concession card on public transport. He could, Like, when the bus goes past, he must be...
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, this is Cl- Cliff, though. As I say, so that's the, the sort of theory of it. You know, that's the, the way most of these ultramarathon runners are doing it. And they might try and, you know, knock off half an hour either side to sort of give them more time spent running. Um, but they're all sleeping. Well, Cliff doesn't. Gets to the end of the first day. As I say, he's lagging right behind. But during that first night, in the middle of the night, he takes the lead because he doesn't go to sleep. Sleep when you're dead.
0: Sleep when you're dead.
1: <laughs> Cliff ran almost continuously for the full five days. Over five days, he slept only 12 hours during the whole race. Um, <laughs> I mean, for I'll the I'll listeners, just... <laughs> Ian's jaw just dropped.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, Matt, I've got two young children. I can kind of empathize with Cliff's plight here but what i can't do is add
1: on running as yeah. well into this mix but it's 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 by not sleeping or sleeping 12 hours over the course of 5 days that he, he ends up with this huge margin that nobody can eat into can even make it all the way oh yeah for oh, sure i'm going to run all night the night he actually wins the race by 10 hours which which is a record uh, he's broken the record um by By two days, more than two days, and everybody else who finished the race also smashed the previous record because they were carried along Ah, with him. They were so so desperate to catch up with him by the end of the race. Because, you know, day one, day two, they're like, this guy's nuts. He's not sleeping, but he's going to burn himself out. So they keep sticking to the tried and tested six hours of sleep a day. But by day three, they're thinking... This guy's going to
0: win it. Well, day five, if you're doing six hours a day, that's 30 hours. He's done
1: 12. Uh huh. So even if he's... You've got to be... <laughs> well, they were, they were thinking it was <laughs> a seven... Be 18 hours quicker than him. They were thinking it was a seven-day race. He, he cut it down to a five-day race. So he's, he's completed the 875 kilometers in five days, 15 hours, and four minutes. Now, just to break that down into something a bit more digestible... That's the equivalent of almost four marathons a day for five days, fifteen hours a, d- and a four day. Minutes. Four marathons a day, or just under, just under. Look, I'm less intimidated
0: by your London marathon shirt now. Though, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I mean, it's... <laughs>
1: look, it's a, it's but it's an average speed of six and a half kilometers an hour, or four miles an hour. Now, four miles an hour is not, not any great shake, but that's. Every hour for five days, 15 hours, and four minutes, he's moving at six and a half k's an hour. I mean, that's that's respectable. Like, it, you know, at it, it, a 10k pace, people would run 10k's at that pace.
0: Yes, I think the first tank in the first world war that they set off on the Western Front had an average speed of four miles an hour. Well, there you are, you know, it's it, but it's like one of those where but the tank would
1: have stopped, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, tank yeah. drivers would have had a rest. <laughs> not Cliff, not Cliffy e. Young. <laughs> See, he explained it that, and this is a quote, when I grew up on a farm and where we couldn't afford horses or four-wheel drives and the whole time I was growing up, whenever the storms would roll in, I'd have to go up and round up the sheep. And we had 2,000 sheep and 2,000 acres. So I'd have to run around chasing those sheep for two or three days. And like, it would take a long time, but I would catch all of these sheep. He says, and, and, and this was the quote he was saying whilst being interviewed, whilst, whilst racing. He said, five days this race, I've only got two days left, <laughs> I've run sheep down for free. This is no problem, <laughs> it's just such a character all the way through. After stealing the lead off the other competitors on that first night, he never lost it.
0: Why'd you go to the front so early? Oh, I like the front position. i see. I let them, the first day I let them run themselves out and then I took the lead at night time and I've held the lead ever since I don't mind if I can get a good break. But, yeah, right, you know, you're strong. Twenty you know. or thirty kilometres, you can sort of gauge you You can relax when you get a good lead, and then when they start to cut way out again, it's
1: bad. Nobody caught him at all, and they 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 just didn't adapt and didn't adjust. As I say, he was he dominated the race from start to finish.
0: Because you would presumably, as a, as his competitor, you'd have. Because you'd have a level of intensity that you think is re- required, which Cliff doesn't have. He doesn't have that level of intensity that a normal runner has. Mm. He just has a level of endurance. And I suppose if you're competing against him, you would plan and you'd have a degree of flexibility within that plan,
1: but not this flexible. Like, he's just blown this out of the water, not yeah. he? Yeah, but just because he never stops. As I say, his speeds in isolation aren't that impressive. But when you're not sleeping, you're eating That's into everybody else's distance. And he ends up winning the race. And I mean, on the, w- on the way into, into Melbourne's eastern suburbs to, to the Westfield and Doncaster, the crowds are there. They're, they're cheering him on. He's got this incre- you know, the, they, they have to sort of make way for him because the crowds are surging to, to give him high fives and, and hug him and, and congratulate him. He's like a real life 1980s version of Forrest Gump. But yeah. Forrest Gump yeah. isn't real. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Young is.
0: I, I mean, what a, way to, what a way to find out that he's not real. Yeah, he's, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Is there any listeners out there who thought that was a documentary?
1: <laughs> he, he, he's done this incredible race. And as I say, that on its own, in isolation, in his gumboot, at 61 years old, would be enough to make you a, an Aussie hero. Right to not me enough to get you on the wheel of sports, I would say definitely. Yeah. But that's not the end of his story. see, so by winning this race, Westfield have have put up a prize fund of ten thousand Australian dollars. Well, he said he didn't know there was a prize, and he felt bad about accepting it. He said everyone's tried so hard. All of these lads and and lasses that have finished the race, they've all they've all done their best. So he. He just split the money between them. He gave all five finishers $2,000 each and kept nothing for himself. Just gave it all away.
0: Oh, Matt, my heart has just melted. I never thought I'd be sat this close to you in the studio and say those words. <laughs> 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 it was only a matter
1: of time. But that is so Such a generosity amazing. of spirit and how humble... I mean, how naive to not realise there was a prize.
0: <laughs> but it does that not... That makes it, the achievement so much more, more pure. It does. And when you think of the money involved in sport now, like, to give it away... It and he doesn't it sound away. like he comes from a rich background. I not don't know. at
1: all, no. As I say, up until... Um, he, he'd said he didn't even have the, the four-wheel trucks. The way they got the sheep in off the farm, a pot- you know, he ran a potato and sheep farm, he'd, he'd have to go out and... And chase the sheep himself.
0: Do you think he was scared that if he kept the money, he'd buy a pair of running
1: shoes and then it'd be over? He'd <laughs> <laughs> it, it, lose his gimmick. It should be said whilst he ran in gumboots over the course of the whole thing, he had to change them a few times. So he oh, actually is that cheating. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it cheating, but <laughs> the legend of the the gumboots. The gumboots got worn out. So we actually wore ten pairs over the course. Ten of... Ten pairs. He went through. Well, yeah. That's wow. That's eighty. 7k per pair, that's over two marathons per pair of gumboots. It's wow. not bad. But, but after, the, after the presentation of his prize, which he then gives away, his legs give out, he gets carried off stage, and Westfield have, have put a bed there for, for him and presumably the other finishers as well. He sleeps there for about five hours. He wakes up and he eats three plates of eggs and some toast, and then he, because he's got there quite late that night, um, sleeps through the night. Uh, wakes up the next day and spends all day just doing doing interviews, and again the media just absolutely love him and giving him no rest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's such a character, and he keeps coming out with these amazing one lines, and he's giving his money away, and he, he's just such an unusual bloke. I mean, by then he's got his teeth in, so at least <laughs> at least they can make sense of him when he's doing the interviews. <laughs> um, but, but what's incredible is he's, he he's actually got a bit of a legacy um and the young shuffle as it's called has actually been adopted by some ultramarathon runners because it expends less energy as i say it's sort of just like this shuffling motion rather than running um because as i say it's not with ultramarathons it's not necessarily about speed it's about endurance and you know conserving your energy so to this day the young shuffle is still adopted and used by uh, Ultra marathon runners around the world.
0: What about the wellies, though?
1: Probably less. <laughs> Probably less. Probably less. In the rain, maybe. Yeah. But you know, is is is? is did, did the race change him? You want to know? Um, di- I am hanging on your every word here. This is unreal. Well, look. Before the race, he lived in the family home with his mother and his brother, and allegedly he was still a virgin at sixty-one years old. But after the 1983 win, he married a 23-year-old.
0: If there's a good sort around, I'd take her out, I reckon. Do you reckon you'd be ready for a good sort when you get to Melbourne? Yeah, but i have a bloody old. <laughs> there's plenty down there too, isn't it? I'm going to have a shower in Melbourne, you know, and clean my teeth. I haven't cleaned my teeth since
1: the started. Couldn't find any water. He was 62 by the time they got married, so that means she was 39 years his junior. Wow. Here's the best bit. Westfield Shopping Centre hosted the wedding. Oh, get out! How good is that? <laughs> Look, it, it didn't end, it end well for that happy couple. Uh, they got divorced after about five years. She, presumably, she can keep up in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he never stopped. <laughs> but this this guy, he, he, he was just he, he had the mentality, uh, and I joked there about him never stopping, but. That's really what he was all about. And that's what I think I love about Cliff Young. And I think mean, that's sort of what endears him to so many people. It wasn't, it wasn't the most able person or the most able runner, but he was the most determined. And his brother said about him, you'd find him halfway up there at half past 11 or midnight heading home. And I sometimes used to go and take him a bottle of Milo. And I couldn't, couldn't talk him into giving up and having a ride back. No, he'd say. And I'd always say to him, but nobody's going to know that you didn't finish the run or I give you a lift back. And he'd said, no, nobody would know, but I would. And that was sort of his, his mentality the whole time, old Cliff Young. He just would not stop. You know, set, he set his mind to something and he'd, he'd want to do it. In 1984, he was awarded the Medal of Honor uh, for Australia for his long-distance running. And in 1997, at the age 76, 76... He made an attempt to beat Ron Grant's Around Australia record. The Around Australia record kind of does what it says on a tin. That's running all the way around Australia. That's quite a long way. It's it's quite a long way, yeah. <laughs> it's, what is it? It's about... 16,000 kilometres. Wow. Yeah. It, he, he managed 6,500 kilometres, but he had to pull out... It wasn't because he had to pull out at age 76, it was because his crew member in the car who was providing him with all the food, got ill, and they had to stop because oh. w- yeah, I know. What, what, what what, sure? what, that's horrible. It's horrible, isn't it? Um, but as okay. I say, I mean this guy just, you know, he never stopped it, throughout his competitive career, he ran over 20,000 kilometers. And, and eventually died uh, of cancer at the age of 81 in 2003 at his home in Queensland. Um, but even even sort of in the, the the weeks and months leading up to his death, his family and friends would say they'd still see him out going for a walk and he had such a positive mentality and he never wanted to stop that they think that that really helped him, um, you know, even towards the end of his life when he was struggling with illness. and And actually... He was once asked in an interview what advice he'd, he'd like to offer others in his age category. And it, it, he's sort of joking, but he just says, he basically tells them just to get out of their wheelchairs and do a few laps. And he starts talking about how the doctors once told me I had arthritis in my joints and said, take it easy. And I said, no, nah, I, think, I think I'll run it out. I think that'll fix it up. So I kept running and it disappeared. And Cliff Young describes his arthritis as like rust that gets into a vehicle. He says, you know, you have to keep your joints moving because if you don't wear them out, you're going to rust them out. And he says, and you're going to rust them out a lot quicker than you'll wear them out. So it's sort of this mentality of just, just go anyway. I don't care. And, I'm not advising all of our listeners with arthritis to attempt 170. <laughs> I don't think all of our listeners have arthritis, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it just, oh, it's man. just quite an incredible attitude um, against the doctor's advice to go out and, uh, and really achieve something quite unique. Matt, that's an amazing story, Cliff.
0: Like I'm, I'm gonna go away. <laughs> so just look this up. I just need to see pictures of this guy. I'm actually gonna put a picture. If any of the listeners, um, while you're looking at your device, I'll put a picture up now so that you can see what Cliff looks like. Yes. Um, so just have a look at your device and celebrate. Just ponder a moment what Cliff is. <laughs> like, no, I think his greatest achievements is marrying a 23-year-old. <laughs> a real Australian hero, right? Absolutely, Matt. That is an amazing, against all odds, Cliff Young, what a hero. We salute Australian you. Australian icon. Thanks so much to listening to the wheel of sport make sure wherever you're listening leave a review leave something send us a message as well at the wheel of sport on twitter or follow us on instagram you can get in touch with us there the wheel of sport and we have great fun making these episodes we'd have even more fun if more people listen so make sure you get your friends to like, take it out of their hand download the wheel of sport on their device and choose your favourite episode, get them listening, and we will speak to you next time on The Wheel of Sport. Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you so
1: much. Have you been expecting Cliff to break, down? Well, I've been saying for about three days, he's got to stop, he's got to stop, but he won't stop. <laughs> I don't know. What... Anyway, good luck to you He's a good little fella.